Hello and welcome in to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I am so pumped up about today's episode. We have uh, my my pastor, who I call my pastor, Pastor JT Jordan on the show. How you doing today, man? Man, I'm incredible. How about you? Awesome, man. I'm so excited to have you on with us today. Um, you know, to our listeners, I'll, I'll let you, I'll turn you loose here in just a second. But, you know, with our listeners, um, just pay attention to what this man has to say. He has, has spoke volumes um, into my life and into my wife's life, my, my family and our ministry and what it is that God is doing um, through us with BTB and our new church. And just love you so much, man. I'm glad that you uh, decided to come on with us today and talk a little bit about the kingdom and, and what's going on and, and talk about a, a couple different topics today. Um, so, brother, for our, our audience who don't know you, um, why don't you just tell them a little bit about yourself, Pastor, and how you grew up and, and where you're at now and, and what you came from. Yeah, well, uh, I'm Pastor J.T. Jordan, and I'm pastor here at Canvas Community Church in Manchester, Tennessee. And uh, man, my life is is interesting. You know, I, I was saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost in the fifth grade. Come on, uh, man. Knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, I was called to ministry. And so uh, for a good part of my young life, man, I, I lived a life just passionate for the Lord. Uh, I was part of a church that experienced revival and it created mm. a hunger in me that uh, I knew that's the way I wanted to live my life. Uh, you know, I got to, to high school and, and did my best to be man, an incredible example in my school. Uh, but then how many of you know, sometimes you get hooked up with the wrong people. And come so on, man. Yeah, I come was, on. Uh, I was dating a girl that I probably didn't need to be dating. And uh, instead of having the guts to break up with her, I uh, went into the military. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, it, was, it was in the military. I, I met a chaplain, uh, a, a Catholic priest in the military who, uh, man, he, he didn't see anything wrong with, with drinking. And, uh, of course, I was raised a teetotaler. Like, we don't drink. We don't touch the stuff. Um, but he said some things that, that piqued my interest. And I was like, you know, maybe I've had the wrong idea about this alcohol thing. And, mm -hmm. and so that night at his house, I took my first drink. But it was also the night that, uh, man, I got drunk for the first time. And mm -hmm. I fell passionately in love uh, with alcohol. It, it started out with wine and, and then went to some harder stuff. And, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit and, and I met my wife and I tried to hide that side of my life from her. I was uh, you know, I was leading worship at the base chapel. I was in the chaplain service uh, in the Air Force and, and really pretty much living a, a double life. Mm. Uh, it, it got to the point where conviction got a hold of me and I knew I couldn't do both. Uh, but instead of choosing the Lord, I chose to go out on the road playing country music and mm. uh, did that for about a year. And it almost killed me. I, I found myself laying in a ditch one night, uh, knowing I was not in the right place. That, that was not what God had called me to, to be. You know, I knew God had placed youth ministry in my life. Um, and so I tried to quit that night and I tried to do it on my own, but it didn't work. I, I didn't pull the Lord into it. And, uh, you know, I could sense that my wife was getting ready to leave me. Uh, uh, her and my daughter at the time were, they were about to take off. She couldn't live that life anymore. And, mm. uh, of course, that night we had a huge argument. I, I got drunk and it was that night I, I passed out on the couch and 
man, TBN, for whatever reason, <laughs> was, was on the television. And when I woke up, my pastor uh, that, that I served under, that I grew up under, was on the television swinging a baseball bat. And he points the bat at the TV and he says, you, I'm talking to you. Come and on. of course, man, I think I'm still drunk. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what's going on here? I'm, I'm laying Dreaming. There, you know, <laughs> no shirt, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, man, is this really happening? And he says, he says, you're running from the call that God has placed on your life and it's time to stop running. Come on, he, be he begins to reference, you know, I saw for a man who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And he began talking about young people and how, man, you've been called to serve young people and to lead a generation in revival and you're running the wrong way. And man, it was in that moment I hit my knees and I began mm. to cry out to God. And man, it was almost like instantly sober. And mm. If you can imagine me telling my wife, man, this is what just happened. You'll never believe it, man. She didn't believe it. Right, she, right. <laughs> she was like, you, you're drunk, man. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> By the grace of God, that man, they ran a, a, a rerun uh, the next morning. And so she was able to see what I was talking about. And of wow. course, I, I called my pastor and I was like, man, I've been running from the Lord for so long. I mm. said that, that your message changed my life. And you know, and it was, it was from that point that, uh, man, I, I started youth pastoring there in South Alabama. Um, mm. and then God called us to Canvas Community Church here in Manchester, Tennessee, where, where I youth, youth pastored for uh, uh, a little more than four years. And then we transferred, uh, transitioned over into the lead pastor. And man, it's just been a wild roller coaster ride ever since. Yeah, man. Incredible, man. I, um, you know, so glad that that God brought you guys here, you know, and in the season of transition that we went through in three years ago, you know, I really don't think if there was anybody else in that position that it would have ended the way that it did and how God has, has moved and how God just continued to, to flow through our church there at Canvas Community in Manchester, Tennessee. And uh, just so grateful and thankful for you, man. Just, just briefly, I want to share too and maybe encourage some of our listeners, you know, where you were at you know, leading worship as a chaplain and kind of living that double life. I went through that myself as well. You know, I, I share that in my testimony a lot with, you know, before about six months before I went to Teen Challenge, I was coming to church. I was hearing Pastor Johnny preach. I was listening to Todd White preach. I was listening to all these things, but I was still drinking all the time at the clubs, the bars, still selling drugs, even in the parking lot of the church because I lived down the road. I mean, um, and I just want to encourage um, our listeners today, if that's where you're at, this message isn't here to condemn you and beat you up, but have that moment like Pastor JT had and, um, you know, with his pastor sitting there uh, pointing that it was a baseball bat, wasn't it? That, it sure was. That, yeah, it was, he, had a, he was using a baseball bat as an illustration. I've heard this story uh, so many times, but it's so powerful every time. And he was pointing that baseball bat at that TV screen and saying, you stop running from God. If you're running from God right now and you're listening to this show today, I just encourage you. Here's your moment. Stop running from God. Stop living a double lifestyle and give it all to King Jesus. And he will come through and he will deliver you. God has a plan and God has a purpose for your life. You know, um, a, you know, what was it? Ten years for you. How long ago was that for you? Man, it's just, we just celebrated 13 years sober. 13 years sober. So 13 years ago for him, five years ago for, uh, for me, 
you know, if you would have told us both that we would be sitting across this computer screen today doing a broad broadcast that can reach the nations talking about the goodness of God, the deliverance of God, um, you know, we might have told you you were crazy, but, you know, God is still doing it. He's still setting the captive free. He's still setting folks dealing with religious spirits free. He's still healing marriages. He's still um, he's still doing it, folks. And uh, we just want to encourage you with that. Uh, Pastor, let's talk a little bit about our latest endeavor together. Um, you know, Canvas Chevyville is the new satellite campus of our church in Manchester. So Canvas Community Church, Manchester, where Pastor JT pastors. He's, I consider him my pastor. He's my pastor, although I'm pastoring now. And um, But that's where I got saved, and that's where he's been serving for the last couple of years. And uh, we just launched a satellite campus in my hometown of Shelbyville, Tennessee. Pastor, why don't you share your heart a little bit about that and just how that come about and, and what your vision and dream is with that? Yeah, well, ever since the foundation of this church, our, our founding pastor's vision was to uh, be multi-site mm -hmm. uh, and not for the sake of, of just throwing campuses out there. We wanted to have a purpose and a mission, and, and that was to see the lost saved. Right. Um, you know, when several years ago, right before we transitioned into lead pastor, we were, we were actually going to do a satellite in a different city. And uh, my wife and I were supposed to go and do that. And so, man, the desire, especially to go into a rural community and plant a church has just burned inside of us. Uh, of course, then different things happened and we ended up becoming lead pastor instead of campus pastors. And, but the desire never changed. Mm. And, uh, you know, to, to be honest, I mean, you were there, you, you walked with us as we made this decision. Shelbyville was not on our radar. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to go and plant a church there. Uh, but of course, God knows better than we do. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when, when you, Pastor Caleb, you, you approached me about the opportunity to, to go in and do this in Shelbyville, my heart uh, began to explode simply because you, you know, you have history there. Mm. Um, there, there are things that, that you walked out of that God delivered you from that place. And, and to me, what you were struggling with and dealing with is so prevalent in Shelbyville. And if there's anybody that could go back and reach a community that's walking through what you went through, it's you. And uh, mm -hmm. so when we begin to pray about it, it was like, man, why not? Like this right. it was yeah. obvious, an open door from the Lord uh, to walk in and do this thing. And I'm so thankful we were able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, uh... An incredible opportunity. The church building where we're at, of course, like what we've talked about is where I grew up as a kid. It's, you know, I've been preaching in the, the book of Ruth, um, talking about the whole kinsman redeemer concept and talking about Ruth and God's just really been revealing a lot of great things to us as a church over there. And I just felt like the Lord sent me in there as a kinsman redeemer for the property itself. Yeah. And uh, God has just birthed something incredibly brand new there but it's still the heartbeat of canvas. You know, we want to, our mission statements, love people, encounter God and send them out. And I feel privileged that I'm the, the one of the first ones that we are getting to send out, you know, and I know it's bittersweet. I never thought I would leave canvas Manchester, you know, with everything that uh, the Lord's called me to getting to travel and preach and doing BTB and doing Miriam house and the businesses and the coffee shops and all of that stuff. But um, you know, the Lord just call you to it. You, you, you better answer the call. Right. Um, so that's what we're doing over there. No. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. You're you miserable if you don't. That's right. That's right. And so we we're over there, 
uh, rocking it and the Lord's been moving. So just, just, uh, it's been incredible. And thank you for empowering me and Kelsey and, and sending us out, man. We're forever indebted to you. Man, we love you guys like no other. Amen, brother. Amen. So uh, second question here, a topical question for us on the show today. You know, we always talk about, you know, this is recovery to recovered podcast. So we always, you know, we're talking about these things. And yeah, I preach and teach on here. But one of the main goals of the podcast is to bridge the gap between the church and the recovery community. And it's, you know, I even hate that label, but it's what people know it as, as the recovery community. But really all it is, is people who are lost. Right. And, uh, you know, so share with our audience today, brother, like, what is, what is your viewpoint? You know, what does it look like for you and Canvas Manchester with recovery in the church? How do those lines cross and meet and how do you see fit to, to, to bridge the gap? Yeah, well, man, you know, uh, I tell everybody on our staff, if a Sunday morning passes by and we don't smell alcohol and cigarettes, uh, <laughs> then we're doing something wrong. Right. Um, you know, there, there's something about seeing addiction broken off of people. And it's amazing because when, when the Lord comes in and he begins to break the addiction off, man, families are put back together again. Right. Right. Uh, man, different situations that were broken, you see them begin to be molded back together again. And it's, it's fun. It's just mm-hmm. fun to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, and watch God move and watch God work and, and see how he sets people free. Uh, yeah. For the longest time, you know, we, we had the, the inmates from the jail, they were able right. to be a, a part of that church. And of course, you know, elections happen and things change. So they're no longer able to be here. But now, Man, we're able to have uh, the Be the Bush guys, the, the Miriam House guys. And what is so cool is to see them have an encounter with the Lord and immediately watch their family mm-hmm. start to, to be brought in uh, to the church and, and watch their children get to be baptized or yep, uh, yep. You know, anything like that. Listen, man, <laughs> that, that person that's called an addiction, man, they're a son, they're a daughter, right. uh, they're a dad, they're a mom. And uh, man, it's, it's only good for those that are around them whenever they encounter the Lord. Yes. Yeah. So incredible. We, you know, we, we see that all the time with our ministry being connected to our church in the sense of just being a part of that. And that's what BTB and Miriam house, we partner with churches all over the region and canvas, you know, holds a special place in our heart just because of how much y'all do embrace us and uh, love on us and, and help us put these families back together. You know, I think of Kale, who is, you know, is pretty much his home church. Kale and Sarah's his canvas and his kids couldn't stand them. And now, uh, you know, they love them and, and just getting to baptize these folks at the church and just, it's just really incredible to, you know, to get to be a part of and for you guys to be, get to be a part of that. And uh, I believe it, it, I tell this to when I sit down with pastors who are thinking about partnering with our ministry all the time, you know, it's great for us, you know, as a organization to get in a partner with you financially, spiritually, all of those things. But we have seen and noticed that the congregations get so much out of our groups being there as well. Yes. Um, it's an opportunity to minister. It's an opportunity to love on the unlovable to, to uh, you know, disciple and teach these, these folks who are just hungry. They don't know any better. They're hungry. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. It, when we made the decision that we weren't going to cater and pander to 
all of the quote unquote church people and we were going to go after the lost. Mm -hmm. It was almost instantaneous that the blessing came in return. You know, we, we, we began to see, man, financial blessing uh, with the church. We began to see more people saved than we had ever seen before. Uh, More people set free than we had ever seen before. And it was just, We, we just made a decision that, that we're not going to check off a box. We're, we're going to see the dirtiest of the dirty uh, yeah, man. to know Christ. And it's been nothing but a blessing. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, there's been churches. Uh, we hear testimonies of that all the time. And I'm not just saying this, folks, to say this. Like, there is testimonies of this stuff happening. We've had churches start sowing into our ministry and double in growth and their tithes and offering double in growth. Why is that? It's not that it's just because it's dismissed. You're sowing into the kingdom of God. You're sowing seed into a field where people are lost and you're reaping a harvest. You know, unfortunately, you can't do this ministry without money. You can't do it without finances. You can't reach the loss without being able to pull them out of the crack house and put them in a home where they're fed, they're clothed, they're 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 in the presence of God. They get to come to church every week and not have to worry about can I get a ride? Do I gotta get my license? No, no. Everything's took care of our folks for the entire twelve to eighteen months that they're with us. And that happens because of church partnerships, not only financially but spiritually. Because you know, I say it all the time too with our folks, like our program can't save anybody. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important for us to be partnered with churches because God inhabits the praises of his people. And Jesus, where two or three are gathered, he shows up. And so when he shows up, our people are able to be set free by the power of the gospel and by the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, what the Holy Ghost can do in one moment, I can't do in 10 years of a discipleship program. So it's so so important for us to partner with churches like Canvas and different churches in the region um, that are just preaching the gospel and loving and seeking out and helping save the lost through the power of the gospel. So, man, we, we thank you for that. Thank you for uh, talking and touching on that subject with us for a second, man. I'm going to move on to our next topic. We could probably stay there all day, you know? Um, but one of our next topics, man, I always have a segment kingdom over culture um, for our pastors, the five-fold ministry pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles that we have on the show. Cause I want you guys to share your heart on this because it's a hot topic of where we're at in the country, all the things that we're facing, there's the racism, there's all these politics, all this division, hatred, bigotry um, that's going on, um, you know, and it's like, you know, I think we got to have a kingdom mindset over the culture. And I want you to just touch on that for just a little bit and just share with us, you know, how do we get to kingdom over culture? Man. (laughs) <laughs> you know, if there's anything that, that I feel like the Lord has been dealing with me lately is that, man, the, the devil's not afraid of a big church, mm. but he is afraid of a unified church. That's right. And throughout history, whether it be in biblical times up until now, every great revival was centered around unity. It never happened until the people came together in one mind and one accord for one purpose, and that was to see his kingdom come into the earth. Right. And then when we begin to be focused on kingdom things and not, man, are we Republican or Democrat or, you know, we're this or that, when we just decide, hey, we're kingdom and we're family mm-hmm. and we start mm-hmm. focusing on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, man, we'll, man, we'll see racial divides just begin to dissolve and disappear. Man, we'll begin to see the fire of the Lord begin to fall because we're not concerned with all of that junk. We're just concerned with him. And, that's, on, and that's all that matters. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so good, man. So good. It, if we in the church and the body of Christ could get off our political trains <laughs> and just have a kingdom mentality, a kingdom mindset, you know, the Bible calls us ambassadors of Christ. We're representing his kingdom. I'm a citizen of heaven before I'm a citizen of the United States. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that or hear that, but that is the truth. And yeah. if we don't have a heavenly mindset, if we don't have a kingdom mindset, you know, what is it that, that we're really doing as believers? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're misrepresenting the kingdom. That's right. And, um, you know, you shared something with me. I want you to share it, uh, what you shared with me the other day about, you know, you was talking about some stuff you had read and what God was speaking to you, but you know, how, um, Lord help me. The, um, our, our leaders are a reflection of us. Can you touch on that just a little bit? Man, somewhere along the way, it, it seemed like, and, and I'll include myself in this, it, it just seemed like pastors decided to close their mouths. Mm -hmm. they, they, we got so consumed and so concerned with church growth, church models. You know, we, we want to make sure we grow this big church that, man, we started shying away from, from talking about the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. uh, we shied away from talking about sin or, you know, there, there's topics that, that we feel like if we talk about those, people won't come in our doors. Mm -hmm. Or if they do come in our doors, man, we start talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. They'll walk out the back door and never come mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. uh, but at some point, it falls down to us when we stop talking about those things. We begin to see the nation uh, begin to be twisted and turned upside down. And if we would just, man, get some guts about us once again to be able to say, man, it, you know, I'm going I'm to talk about the baptism in the Holy Ghost and the power that comes from oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. To go out and, and reach the lost, to, to see the harvest uh, harvested, you know, man, if, if, we'd, if we'd be bold enough to talk about sin and repentance and turning from our wicked ways, mm -hmm. man, I guarantee you, he'd hear from heaven, he'd heal our land, and we would see revival come to this nation. And, and man, I'm ready. I'm right. ready. I'm, all the other stuff aside, let's just, let's focus on him and let's do that and see his kingdom come to the earth. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're, you're so right on that. Uh, on those topics, you know, I think uh, where we're at is a reflection of where the churches back down, you know, and, and even, and even some churches making some of this stuff, uh, turning it goofy. You know, we, we talked about that with our church. Uh, I, I preached on it a little bit in the roof series, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit's there to clean house. Yes. Um, you know, it's not just about praying in the spirit and speaking in tongues and rolling in the floor and this, that, and the third. It's Bring about Deuteronomy's power coming upon you so you can be a bold um, uh, disciple, a bold representative uh, for, the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, you're talking about sin and repentance. We, we're always crying out, especially us in Pentecostal circles. We're always crying out for revival. Let me tell us something right now and help us. Revival can't come unless repentance starts it. That's it. Repentance is the first step for revival to come. And if you don't know what sin is and a preacher won't talk about sin, you can't get to the point of repentance. Amen. It's a beautiful picture of how all of this flows together and the Holy Spirit makes it do so. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't make it flow together. Read the Bible without Holy Spirit guiding you through it and you will think that it's full of contradictions. That's why the world thinks that because they don't read it with Holy Spirit who is the author of the Bible. And so, you know, I, I better stop. I could get to preaching on, on some of that stuff. But man, it's what you said is, is so good and we got to have the kingdom mindset over the culture and, and be citizens of heaven 
first before we are citizens of the United States. Man, last uh, last topic I want to I want to touch touch base with you on because um, you're going to a Titans game and you're not taking me with you and I'm very upset about this. So uh, we'll we'll get you through this. But man, you know if you what is it that you feel that the Lord is speaking to you right now? What is the Lord trying to say to his people? I know you're loaded with words and, and God downloads to you, man. And, and he's got you where he's got you in this season. And I know he speaks to you, but let me, let me make it a two parter here. All right. What is it that God is speaking to you? And if you had one last message, man, on the face of the earth to preach and to share with, with God's people, man, what, what would that message be? Man, it would be fixing our eyes on Jesus. Come on. And repentance. Yeah. And it's something funny. We begin to fix our eyes on Jesus, and all of a sudden, it becomes not about what is sin and what's not sin. You just fall in love with him so much, so you don't want to sin no more. That's right. If we'd ever just fall in love with him and begin to repent and turn from our wicked ways, man, not only would we begin to have a personal transformation within ourselves, but man, we'd, we'd be a personal transformation to this world. You know, our faith is contagious. And when we begin to live that out, people see it. And when they Mm -hmm. see it, they say, man, I want some of that. And when they want some of that, they get touched by some of that. Yeah, and come on. All of a sudden, it becomes this domino effect to where, man, we're seeing lives change and we ain't done nothing but fix our eyes on Jesus and love on him a little bit. Come on, man. Come on. That's that's so good. It's, you know, you could almost, some people would listen to that and say, oh, well, that's a, a typical and a basic answer. That's the answer, man. Is it not? That's, that's gotta be the answer, especially you got, this is if the question was, what would be the last message you could preach on the face of the earth? And, you know, so if that was the last message that you could preach on the face of the earth, that means Jesus is back and man, people got to repent. People got to get right with God. And, and just, it, it is so simple. We as believers, I think we've complicated the gospel. Yes. Uh, you know, so much, man. And it's, it's very simple. Surrender, turn it over to him, believe in the death, burial, resurrection, get filled with the Holy Ghost and walk around in the anointing and changing the world around you, you know, and, uh, you know, when you make a mistake, that's why he went to the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, grace is there and God's love and compassion and his mercy is there to restore you. Man, I enjoyed this so much, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and just sharing sharing your heart to our listeners. Um, uh, Pastor JT in, at Canvas Community Church in Manchester, if you're ever in the Middle Tennessee area, please come visit us. You can follow the church, Canvas Community Church, on Facebook and all social media platforms, or you can check out the website, come to canvas.com. And Pastor, thank you so much for being on the show and and uh, helping our listeners with these topics that we talked about today. Love you so much, man. I love you too. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's talk to you soon. See ya.